0: The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Boughton Hall.
1: Doesn't it feel grand to have cricket back, proper cricket back at that as well, eh? Right, so welcome to the Full Toss podcast from Chester Boughton Hall Cricket Club. My name's Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon, we're going to review the past weekend and look forward to the next weekend. So the first team played at home to Namwich, the seconds had the reverse fixture, the thirds were at home to Northwich and uh, the fourth eleven went across to the Wirral to take on Port Sunlight. We'll hear about all of those with Lee as well as looking forward to the weekend ahead and of course checking out everything that is Chester-Borton Hall. The Full Toss podcast, you're most welcome.
0: It's Cricket Gym, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss.
1: So we've got a a happy bumblebee on the podcast this time around because, Lee, you've had some cricket.
0: Yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant to be back. Um, Club was banned since Saturday um, and, from all accounts, busy on the Sunday as well. But wasn't it great to see all the club back in full flow? and enjoying some cricket
1: it, it was uh, i enjoyed it a little too much actually uh, judging by uh, sunday morning but saturday night was really really good up there um and i have to say um just taking in watching the ladies game on sunday afternoon with uh, with one of adam's roast lunches was, was very pleasant as well
0: i haven't had a chance to uh, partake in that but uh, i'll take your word for it and uh, <laughs> soon be a, a, a venue that i will uh, i will visit good man
1: Good man. So yeah, you were uh, you were looking chipper on uh, on Saturday. We had two games. Of the first, didn't we, against Nantwich?
0: We certainly did. It was one of those games where I always wish uh, the Nantwich game come round a little bit later. Yes. With obviously it being such a high-profile game, uh, both sides had a little bit of a different look to them. Both probably missing a senior player in Ryan Brown and Ollie Law from probably the frontline T20 sides, and and also as well with the Obviously, the COVID situation. No overseas player, so it would have been Glenn Battershotto for Namwich this year, who wasn't there. And obviously, we had Lloyd Aspen last year, and we didn't have anyone lined up for this year. So it, it was it had a different sort of feel to it. And I think both sides, I'll be honest, were trying to feel out what you know what their T twenty teams were about this year. Yes. and I think it was reflected in the two games,
1: which so oftenly uh, are, are contrast, you know, vividly, not they? And this and this was the case this time round.
0: Yeah, massively so. And and look, the, the scores in the first game, you know, I describe it as it, it was a extremely unique bad game of cricket, if I'm honest. <laughs> um the, the the standard of the batting just did not reflect the quality on show. Um and the bowlers just made hay while the sun shines, really. Um, you know, we bowled out for ninety on a Chester wicket. I don't even think on a green Chester wicket you should be bowled out for ninety. Uh, some really poor shot selection, some good bowling, and some excellent fielding from the Nantwich side i 'll be honest when they walked off, they probably thought job done two points in the bag um we We spoke in the in the team room about the fact that if we got early wickets with a, a couple of their senior guys missing and a few guys that have left that they were susceptible in the middle order and and that certainly was the case you know we went to our our star spin duo of uh, Harry and Jack very early, and uh that was extremely fruitful. Um, Jack ended up with five, Harry ended up with three. And, you know, I've been in one of those scenarios as a captain in the past, and I can only imagine Ray was sat there going, I can't believe this is happening. Um, bowled out for 26. Uh, and at halfway, I think a lot of people probably had the, in their head that the wicket was doing a little bit. It was obviously spinning a little bit up and down for a Chester wicket. Um, and that th- it definitely had an effect on what we thought was a good score come the second game.
1: Mm. And uh, you should mention, of course, Jack took, what, five for 11, was it?
0: Yeah, five for 11, Harry three for eight, both excellent performances. Um, look, I th- you know, I spoke the other week, I think Harry's came back from Dali and looks as good as he has done for three or four years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jack's a quality operator and uh, he continues to cause problems. And the thing with Jack is, is it like Ash Davis at Neston, they, they, they blow away the lower order it you know, Jack in a completely different way, it's not pace, it's more guile and variation. Um, lower order players don't play good leg spinners in the nets. Mm. You know, we're extremely blessed to have Jack in, and, you know, we can face him in the nets regularly. A lot of clubs don't have a good leg spinner. So it's a very different thing for those players to have to face him. A bit like facing an Ash Davis from Neston, who obviously comes in and bowls considerably quicker than most people in the league.
1: So, so, Lee, uh, big crowd there. Sun's shining, cricket's back, and uh, two sides presumably went in uh, in between innings, or, sorry, in between games, dusted themselves down and said, what the heck happened there? Let's go again and up up our, the our, our game.
0: Yeah, it, it's a funny one, because you obviously win the first game and you normally come in, you have a bit of a sing-song, but you have to you know, kind of almost press the reset button, uh, have a little bit of a quick reflect on what went on in the first game. And, you know, we made a few uh, changes to the, the order, uh, just to kind of freshen up with what we were doing. Uh, I went from five to two, um, mainly to go for that left-hand-right-hand partnership. Um 33 33-year-olds in me and Warren uh, probably isn't the way forward. <laughs> and uh, we certainly will be welcoming uh, Ollie back at the top of the order as soon as uh, work permits. Um, I'm glad to see him back out looking at selection for the weekend. So that's good. Um, but we yeah, we changed it up. Rick dropped to three. Uh, which I think will be a position which he'll, he'll flourish in and, and putting Al Money and in Harry into the engine room into into kind of the more middle-over slots. So we spoke about what a good score was. And obviously we'd seen in the first game, the wicket go up and down a little bit. um The, the ball wasn't quite coming on. There was no sixes in the first game. So we actually spoke about 140-150 being a winning score. So actually at half-time when we came in with 139, we're thinking, actually, that's a really mature Chester thing to do. We're normally a bit crash and bash, you know, trying to score 200 every time we play T20. Yep. And, you know, at halfway, you know, I think Rick and the team were, were feeling pretty confident.
1: And Rick was pretty steady, wasn't he, with 60 odds?
0: Yeah, look, the one thing I'd say about Rick is, is you know, we've always known he, he was a fine player, always more seen as a, a three-day and a 50-over a player. Um, but in the last couple of years, he's definitely added a few tricks to his game. Um, obviously, the beauty of having the live stream on debut at the weekend, Jim, was uh, I got a message at 2.30am from the captain. You know, Rick in his 30s, didn't miss the opportunity to cop, uh, cut and paste his uh, flick shot for six off Mitch Spencer and send it to everyone.
1: Oh, but did he cut and paste uh, his wickets flying at the ground?
0: I think he missed that one, but to be fair, <laughs> after two bottles of red wine in the bar, I think he did well to do what he did, to be honest.
1: <laughs> well, the highlights are on uh, PitchVision on the app. Uh, you can do that via the uh, via the website. Some of the second game before it all went a little bit pear-shaped, but uh, hey, we'll get that right. Uh,
0: and anyway. for you, who obviously was uh, dealing with the PitchVision technology, was there any feedback from people? Because uh, I know the feedback I had was, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Um, yeah.
1: I think so. I mean, the quality the quality is good. It's obviously a little bit odd when somebody hits a shot, and uh, there is one fixed camera, so you can't see if somebody's caught on the boundary or whatever. But it's 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 you know, we can just leave the the camera on just to show the game. But you have to have the score there, which means you have to score it separately as well. That's important. Uh, um, but I think the best bit of feedback was somebody came back and said, it would do. Uh, be a bit lively if I had some commentary on it. Yeah, OK, fine. So we'll, we'll get to that at some stage.
0: Well, well. maybe when you uh, get uh, the brush out of you behind you and you could do some commentary while you're scoring I'm <laughs> doing the live stream.
1: <laughs> we'll get that sorted. We'll get that sorted. Uh, but it finished two points each, didn't it? Luke Robinson sort of seemed to take away that second game quite early on.
0: Yeah, look, um, I used to call him the wild thing when we were uh, playing for Cheshire. and Arguably, I think, probably the most naturally talented cricketer um, in the league at times uh, he came out and we had an inexperienced um, seam attack uh, and we just didn't have any answers to be honest, I think even if we had see, it, it, when it's Luke's day, it's Luke's day yeah. and he came out and he just absolutely blew us away um, and, and just got them a little bit too far ahead of um, the game really, which allowed their players, when Luke did get out for, I think it was 55 and um, it allowed their players to play well within themselves, move the ball around, take no risks. But what I would say is what a fantastic effort from from Rick and, and that young team to take it all the way to the last over. Yeah. Alex, Alex Townend keeps going from strength to strength yeah. there, getting three for 11. Uh, he bowled it nicely in tandem with uh, George McCormack. Obviously, the spinners again ha- had an impression. Uh, Charlie Fleet bowled really well in that second game. But you know, for me, I think w- Wiggy's someone to watch. You know, we spoke about him a couple of times. He's he's riding the crest of the wave and he bowled some really good Yorkers. And I, and there was a massive shout for LBW in that last over. If that's given out, uh, potentially, I'm not saying we would have won it, but it, it could have gone even closer than it did.
1: And with uh, with Wiggy, uh, do you think this is a fair observation? I, I think uh, maybe in the past, he's been a little bit guilty of trying to bowl too quickly, but he seems to, his control seems to have improved.
0: I think he's... Um, grown into his body a little bit more. He was always a little bit wirier. He seems to have filled out a little bit, obviously hit the gym in lockdown. Uh, always very athletic lad, played a lot of handball. But uh, I just think that he it, it's just one of those things that's a maturity thing. He's, he listens, takes instruction really well. I've mentioned that before. But I think the fact is it's just his time. I look around, he looks very comfortable. He doesn't. He, he's got a role in the side. And I think there's a lot for that for a lot of players that, if they feel comfortable in their role and they turn up on a Saturday not worrying about whether they're going to be in the side the following week, you know where they're going to, you know when they're going to bowl and what they are expected to do, he just looks very much at home there
1: and Long May It Continue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you uh, you caught up with him, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did, and uh, we also caught up with Tom Wyatt, and this time it is Tom Wyatt, Jim, because <laughs> uh, I felt really sorry for Tom because we all know oh. Reggie is a like all younger brother, brothers, a slightly better version than the older brother. And even when Tom was on the podcast the other week, he credited Reg. Uh,
1: yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Wyatt just picked me up on that. But they were very pl- pleasant, very kind. and I offered to kind of uh, rectify it, but they said, no, no, no. So I, I feel duty bound to apologise. So, yeah, we've got Rick, Wiggy and Tom. So, Tom, first game.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Um, obviously, we batted first and we finished off with 90. Didn't think that was enough, but... Uh, skittling them for 26 was always good so yeah
0: Wiggy obviously uh, a tough one for you because you've obviously come into the side as a bowler who bats a bit didn't get to get to have a bowl in that first one but uh must have been interesting watching uh Jack Williams at work
2: well yeah it's always a pleasure watching like the likes of Jack
0: and Harry such top quality spinners just take apart sides it's uh just happy to be a part of it and out there really such a good environment so obviously on to the second game uh, we, we we batted much better um, Rick Moore starred in that one really with the best part of 70 played a fantastic lap over his head for six I think at halfway I think we probably thought based on the first game that that, that was a really competitive score
2: Yeah absolutely obviously Rick ramping and uh, hitting big sixes over the bowler's head we, we thought we were in with a shout but uh, Luke Robinson played a great, a great inning so not much we could have really done about that
0: so for you Wiggy obviously getting the opportunity to have a, a bowl in the in the second game obviously great to have the opportunity to bowl against some really good players bowling at someone like Luke in full full flight you know how much of a step up is that from playing in the seconds last year Oh massive step up there's a, such a such a smaller margin for error and I think you've just got to, like for me especially hitting my lengths and even being it, two inches couple of inches off the length just gives them a whole lot more range to sh- to play their shots so getting to come back at the end you probably came back on thinking not a lot of runs to play with probably needed three or four and over uh what did the skipper t- say to you b- before the start of that spell
2: well he just uh s- told me to just keep my head really uh stay confident bowl my lines we had a plan set up uh, ready for me to bowl and Balling at the end is what I enjoy doing I always love finishing a T20
0: it's when it's the most exciting well you executed your skills really well there and it's something definitely we'll look forward to seeing in the future Tommy from a keeping perspective great to be back out there after a bit of a, a knee injury in pre-season bit of rehab hands look really good there today
2: yeah it was a bit of a disappointment to to take the gloves off Dicko actually he was uh, just interviewing me so I was enjoying watching him uh, uh, take the gloves but yeah enjoyed being back out there Really good that
0: you've pointed out to the listeners that I'm here. So that's good if anyone didn't know, uh, as, as a regular on the podcast, that I'm here. But I did feel like Adrian to Alison Becker here because uh, Tom caught it much better than I did. But guys, fantastic. Two points to get through the first weekend. Roll on to next weekend. Here with the skipper, Rick Moore.
2: Uh, just very quickly, how do you think today went? Uh, look, one apiece is uh, is probably a fair result of the day. Uh, we did we did really well in the first game to come back from being all out for 90. Uh, we thought it was a, a very below par score. Um, and then bowlers and fielders fielded really well. Um, so, yeah, really happy with the uh, within the first uh, first game. And the second game, you know what? It was brilliant. It was basically one lad's come off for them. Come and re- done really well, Luke. Uh, strikes a clean ball. You know, one of the best players in the league, so... You know, these things happen. I uh, thought we bounced back really well once we got him out to get ourselves back in the game and in with a shout. And uh, and yeah, Wiggy came back on the end of the ball brilliantly. And, and you know, a couple of little, little edges go, go their way and, and these things happen. So, yeah, we'll look to bounce back next week and see if we can get two out of two.
0: Just speaking a little bit about Luke Robinson there, I think it's uh, interesting for some of our younger players. Obviously, a, a team in transition here to see someone who hits the ball so cleanly as a captain. What are you saying to these guys when they're bowling? Because ultimately, if he executes his skills, it's really difficult for for them to do their job.
2: Yeah, you know, look, Luke. Yeah, Luke's a fantastic cricketer. Um, he's shown that over the last few years. He can he can do some seriously freaky stuff. Um, you know, at the end of the end of the run-ups, you know, you've just got to clear head, know what you're going to bowl, execute your plans, have your field in the right place. Uh, look, Luke, Luke today, the field was in the right place and he hit it he hit 20 yards over their heads. These things happen. But uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where you just got to just gotta sort of forget the last ball, bowl your, best, bowl your best ball, next ball. On a personal perspective to finish, obviously always nice to get some runs in that second game. Uh, looked far
0: more fluid, got a few uh, trick shots out and a, f- a few over the boundary there. Uh, is that where you see your role for the rest of the season?
2: Uh, yeah, potentially, whatever sort of sort of suits the side, really. Um, yeah, it was definitely nice to get a few. Uh, struggled in the first game, didn't really get any out of the middle and, uh, and then played a bit of a poor shot and got out. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, always nice to get a few. And, uh, yeah, if, when you get a few of the trick shots out, it's always a, always a nice occasion.
0: <laughs> well, Rick, good start, two points. We'll speak next week.
1: The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Boughton Hall. Okay, Lee, so the second team, slightly different there. They played uh, a longer game. They played 40 overs each.
0: Yeah, the lottery of uh, what game we're going to play uh, was uh, won for the longer format this one. Um, and they played, like you said, 40 overs aside against uh, Nantwich in the reverse fixture. Uh, we managed to muster 222 uh, for just four wickets in our 40 overs. Uh, Matthew Jones, uh, moving from Landudno. Unlucky not to probably be in the ones, but uh, went with the twos and got 48. Uh, impressive, patient innings from all accounts. Uh, he was supported by Luke Ramsey with 36. Um, but the the impetus came into the innings towards the end where Andrew Metcalf, on the back of a stellar season last year, came in and blasted 66 off about 40, 50 balls. He was ably assisted by Ben Spavin, making that step up from the third team. Uh, he got 25. Um, I think he hit his second ball for six into the cemetery as well. He's an extremely exciting player, Spavo. Um, and when he got out, uh, Reg came in and worked with Andy Metcalf. Reg, again, Reg. That is Reg, isn't it? He, that is Reg, not Tom. Uh, but Reg came in and from all accounts with great deal of maturity, manoeuvring the ball around, getting Andy Metcalf on strike, doing his job brilliantly and letting Donga let loose
1: brilliant um so they made say 222
0: 222 and 40 overs aside win lose so going into the second innings it's not so much about like our normal league scenario where you're trying to create chances and maybe even having to set more aggressive fields uh i'm sure dan loves this because dan you know is naturally uh more defensive as a captain so being able to restrict will be right up his street and he's done it brilliantly here um they they managed 188 in their 40 overs, so finishing uh, 34 runs short. Uh, wickets were shared around. Uh, Matty Brain one for 50 off his eight. Reg two for 27 to complete a decent day for him off his eight. And then you look at Robin Fisher and Dan Riley one a piece, and then uh, Matty Jones bowled his eight overs as well. So they were the they were the five bowlers. Um, so yeah, look really good start for Dan. He's got an extremely strong side there, um, and. I can't see them um, struggling too much in, in the league this year if they keep this side
1: together. Finishing off where they left off then, um, what about the thirds and fourths then, Lee? Cool.
0: Well, uh, the thirds uh, took on Northwich, um, which I'll be honest, had a fantastic crowd on, Jim. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the way that the, the terrace is set out now, it does, you know, lean itself to the third team getting some... A lot of people kind of watching the first team, but getting into the third team game when either the ones isn't on or towards the end of the day or whatever. Um, Tommy Evans, first game as captain, earlier in the week, he found himself out the side after picking 12 and then uh, made his way back into the side when uh, former first team captain Steve Ogilvie was playing his uh, first game for the thirds with his son, Freddie, who... He had a bit of a mystery injury, which I'd actually put down to him being just a really good bloke (laughs) and and stepped aside. Good old Seamus.
1: Good old Seamus. eh?
0: Yeah, stepped into uh, the 12th man role with a couple of pints instead in his full training kit. Um, In fact, almost like Ivan Lendl in the coaching box watching (laughs) Freddie bat later on. But uh, it meant uh, Tommy Evans was, was able to take the field as captain and what an impact he
1: made. Yes, several, in fact, on the roof, uh, most of them, yeah. the impacts, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, it was, um, an, you know, a new-looking third-team batting lineup. Uh, I know uh, Simon made his uh, reappearance for the third-team. Br- move on. Yeah, well, you know, I've never known a 3rd team. I look for a – and I made this point at uh, the awards in the evening. Simon looked for a review uh, in third-team cricket. He was looking for someone to – save him because i'm not sure he was overly charmed with uh, ben harvey's decision but he had to go um and he also did come into the first team changing room to borrow shoes off people not realizing that they may actually have to wear them themselves as well so that it was it was but it was great to see him back out there jim um, it, uh, <laughs> moving on swiftly uh, freddie Ogilby opened the batting and uh, now freddie kind of dropped anchor a little bit and showed a great deal of maturity batting the whole way through the innings for I think it was 34 not out. Um he was he was partnered by for a long period by the captain Tom Evans, who we all know has got unbelievable hand eye coordination and does like a boundary more than a, a single or two. Uh he set a, he set about the Northwich attack and put the ball to all parts. Uh people tend to move the car when Tommy's batting and and this was no difference. He made his uh, maiden third team captain century uh, in double quick time uh, to a, a lovely ripple. And I always enjoy when the first team are playing at home or the second team where almost our game is not, not secondary, but the, the, the our team was batting at the time. And, you know, I looked across because I, I was batting when Tommy got his hundred and All our lads have walked across to make sure he gets a fabulous reception, and it was thoroughly deserved. When he did finally get out, Joe Maddox came in and the mad dog uh, certainly (laughs) uh, set to the bowling, hitting some huge sixes. Uh, Dave Maddox uh, did tell me about seven o'clock about the sixes, um, but I'm hoping to speak to him this week so I can make sense of what actually he was trying to get across to me. I just knew they were really big sixes.
1: Yeah, he told me about at nine o'clock, so I imagine what it was like then.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I'm sure he had a great day anyway. And Joe hit the ball beautifully, cleanly. Yes. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Um. So a winning start.
0: Yeah. Um. On the bowling front, just touching on the third, Jake Wonkey, uh, bowled really well. Uh, bowled with pace again, which is fantastic. You know, it's great to see Jake. You know, he's obviously growing up that little bit now, filled out, got a bit taller. Yep. And he he bowled with re- really good pace. Um. And, you know, I think Tommy tried to, you know, give as many people the opportunity to bowl as, as they could, but they were just a bit too strong for a Northwich side. And, um, you know, Tommy Tommy spoke to me in the car park afterwards and he was delighted. Not a bad way to start.
3: Cracking way to start, mate. Cracking fixture. Lads from Northwich are nice lads. Uh, good to start against them. Everyone got a game and, uh, yeah, right result in the end. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You were a late replacement, Steve Ogilby went lame in the warm-up here.
3: Yeah, Seamus, Seamus tried to prove his fitness but couldn't this week, uh, slight ankle niggle, um, yeah, so I
0: stepped in at the last minute. Well, you you'd fell on your sword after selection, obviously picked 12, obviously did the honourable thing and stepped down, managed to get in, not a bad impact, casual 100
3: Casual 100 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ably abetted by Freddie Ogleby At the other end um, Serious player Freddie is He held up one end And I uh, closed my eyes And swung at the other end So for you 100 uh, When was the last 100 You scored? Uh, 2017, I think. No one's counting, but it was the 4th of April, 2017.
0: <laughs> One thing I did enjoy looking across is that there was a, a very large ripple. Not a bad day to do it. Big crowd on. It was a good, good crowd. Good crowd.
3: Yeah, nice little, nice little clap when I got to there. So yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable, mate. But it was, yeah, the main thing was all the kids had a good game. Everyone in in the team did something. Everyone contributed towards a win. And yeah, good start to the season. So
0: next week, where are we
3: going? Uh, away at Weaverham next week. Uh, another good
0: fixture. So hope they've got the covers on.
3: Yeah, hope we've got the covers on. Um, hope to win again, um, but it's another good fixture for the, all the young lads to get a good, a good innings again. Well, anyway,
0: mate, can't have a much better start. Tommy Evans hundred as debut as third eleven captain in his first tenure. No second tenure, isn't it? you had a second go.
1: And then on to the fours. Uh, Lee and this took his troops over to Port Sunlight.
0: He certainly did, and it's a, it's a really nice little place to play, Port Sunlight, obviously on the Wirral, Um place after my own heart there. So he took his troops across, and uh, they made short work of Port Sunlight, actually. Um, they managed to bowl them out for just 86. Star of the show was Dave Henson, 10 overs, 5 for 14. So he came back from lockdown, hit the ground running there. He was assisted by Chris Bell, 3 for 19. And then there was wickets just shared around amongst the others. In response, uh, young Joe O'Brien, 21 not out, off 78 balls. He, he managed to hold hold the end up while uh, Robbie Williams loves a stage, as we well know. And uh, he, he was uh, 50, 56 not out, winning by 10 wickets and uh, managing to get back to the club pretty handy. So a fantastic result. Uh,
1: and then on Sunday, Lee, the ladies were on fine form.
0: Yeah, fantastic. You know, they've had to be really patient, like I mentioned. They've done a lot of training. Uh, I know Di, Nicole, Ali, you know, the senior playing group there really tried to keep the group together. And uh, they started off with a win. Uh, They took on Oxton, uh, batting first and scoring 158 for four. Um, That lady, Ali Cutler, 51. uh, I saw her, her start in the winter. She's like the all-time all-rounder in women's cricket. Yeah. So, you know, fair play to Ali. She keeps churning the runs out, 51. Uh, Seven Smale, 35. Nicole Fisher, 21. Uh, in response, Oxton got 126 for eight. Um, Gemma Rose was the pick of the bowlers with two for 22.
1: And, Lee, a few of the girls have uh, been selected for the league, have they not?
0: Yeah, they have. Uh, the league representative side's been announced to play on Thursday, August the 13th at Nantwich. And they're going to take on the MCC. Uh, Ali Cutler will captain that side, and she'll be joined by Seren Smale uh, as wicketkeeper and Tilly Bus. So fantastic t- uh, to them to get to play in such a prestigious game. And I'm sure if anyone's got a, a spare afternoon, get down to Norwich and support the girls. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. There's a great vibrancy about that ladies' side at the moment. It's really, really good to watch.
0: Yeah, it, it is, and you know, hopefully this this short season where they're going to play you know some different sides this year they're going to play some of the Premier League sides some of the First Division sides but mainly on you know the west side of the county and um, I think it could come at a really good time for our girls side they've certainly been in transition and it'd be great if we could blood a few players ready to go into a full season next year
1: yeah absolutely well they're at home again on Sunday Lee as we get on to a kind of preview of this weekend they're playing Port Hill Park here on Sunday Port Hill Park's a new one on me well
0: Port Hill Park beat Upton uh, quite convincingly on Sunday and look like a very very strong outfit. Uh, I think that's going to be a real test for our girls um, and you know definitely one to watch on Sunday. I think I think it's one of those games where you you've got to hope that they can get a result there because if they do it's going to give them a great chance to to come out the Western division.
1: Yeah, and as I did last Sunday, get yourselves down there, have a bite to eat and enjoy the sunshine, all being well. Uh, so that's Sunday, Saturday, Lee? Yeah, Saturday. Uh, first team go to Oxton. We're playing a 50-over game, so uh,
0: we're taking on Jack, Jack Smith's side, promoted last year from the First Division, um, which they won a bit of a canter, really. Uh, but Jack... A fine captain, one of the best captains I've ever played for, uh, obviously won a Sheffield Shield as well when he was a professional. So he's always a really tough competitor and a really big wicket for us to get early on. They also uh, carry Henry Dobson, who moved across from Nantwich, a a good all-rounder based out of Tatton Hall. And Luke Filer, who used to play for the club as well. So a few connections there, but uh, the first team that will go there with a lot of confidence, uh, with an unchanged side, and uh, hopefully looking to pick up all four points.
1: And, you know, there's always a, a dark horse at the start of the season, isn't there? And if this had been a normal season, I kind of penciled them in as a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a surprise package.
0: Yeah, I think they, they would have recruited really well. Uh, they've been building a side there for quite a while. Chris Stenhouse is obviously a, a evergreen seamer, you know, probably better known from Birkenhead Park. But he's done a really good job for them in the last couple of years. Uh, he's been partnered up with Alex Harris, who, again, moved across from Birkenhead Park. But they've also built some, some really good young players themselves. Tom Corran is, is one, you know, if, if you know Nick Corran, who was his dad, he was a fine seaman for the first team for many years. So they, they've got the makings of a really nice side there. That They always bring in one or two uh, pros or uh, overseas players or whatever. So they would have been, uh, you know, you're probably right. They, they would have definitely uh, got some decent results along the way this year. And you can look forward to that one because it's
1: win, lose, and it's 50 overs, proper cricket.
0: Proper cricket, and and to be fair, Cheshire have been there quite a few times in recent years. The wickets ma- massively improved. Uh, it should be a really good day. Excellent.
1: Uh, well, the Twos will be playing at home to Bowdoin.
0: Yeah, at home to Bowdoin for Dan and his men. Uh, again, 50 overs aside. Um, Ollie Law comes back in. Um, this is really one of those moments where you look at it and go, hopefully, Ollie, this will give him his kind of his, not his pre-season game, but his chance to get his eye in. Ready because the first team are going to be playing some T20s in the coming weeks against some of these sides. Uh, so we'd like Ollie back in form, ready and raring to go. Good luck to Dan. We know he doesn't like fielding from 50 overs, so <laughs> that, that 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 should be fun. But it'll be a treat to watch him bat. So if you if you're watching the seconds at home, make sure you're there in time to watch Ollie bat. Um, but otherwise, uh, an unchanged side for Dan, and uh, they'll be looking to go two from two. Absolutely,
1: uh, and the threes will go off to Weaverham.
0: Yeah, that was the game that they should have played two weeks ago, which was rained off. So let's hope that Weaverum have got the covers on and uh, they'll be able to to play there. Um, Tommy's managed to bring back in Steve Ogilby for this game, which is obviously brilliant. And you know, I think he's also picked himself as well and he can count to 11. So it should be an easier week on selection. Hmm. Um, but, you know, Tommy's got a really exciting side there, a real blend of old and new. Um, it could be one of those weeks this week where I think, You know, could 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 Tommy get into a really big partnership with Freddie again, or will it be older Ogilby that steps up this week?
1: And then the fourth (laughs) team, finally, are at home, Lee.
0: Yeah, and this is this is a real historic fixture for me. Neston thirds and fourths, Chester thirds and fourths. This is always a fantastic game. A brilliant club, Neston, of a very similar size to ours. That will be an absolute humdinger.
1: Look forward to that one. On the back pitch, big crowd, bit of sunshine.
0: It will, and I know Ian Thistlewood always enjoys playing at home, um, but he's got Jamie Littler back in the side. Jazzy's been an absolute store walk with the ball, and I'm sure he will add to the bowling stocks for this.
1: Absolutely. So four cracking games on Saturday, the ladies on Sunday. Come along and watch.
0: Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss.
1: Um, so, look, Lee, a few loose ends that we should catch up on because this is podcast number sixteen, I think sixteen, um, and we we've promised one or two things. Obviously, the season's thrown us a little bit because of the original plan was to cover cricket, and there wasn't any. So, we've had some great conversations, and we'll have some some more, of course. But the one or two things we we should just kind of sign off about. Really, um, there was a back competition a sticker competition we had on the website earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, and um, those competitions are still running. They are coming to to an end, and I think we're going to set the uh, closing date of the 7th of August, which gives everyone about another 10 days, uh, and Al Money, the club coach, uh, the junior coach, will be judging those. And um, We're also hoping that the um, T20 kit competition, the, the winner, we can even maybe get the shirt made up as well. So please, if you want to enter your, uh, your bat or your shirt design, Please do. Don't miss out. There's about 10 days to go on that. Brilliant.
1: Uh, we also um, were talking about uh, getting Jason Whittaker on and and, uh, and also Chris Fleet. Well, we've got the we had the Chris Fleet interview that's gone out separately. Uh, we've got Jason in the wings of one or two other people, Lee.
0: Yeah, uh, there's, there's quite a few people in the last couple of weeks, which I've bumped into and thought, God, you'd be a really good guest. Um, and that's certainly something, you know, that, we'll be looking to do. Obviously, we're covering the cricket in depth at the moment, and that's what we were always going to do. But, uh, guys, if you get a chance to listen to the Chris Fleet interview, uh, I got to listen to it just like a regular punter uh, on Spotify the other day. I thoroughly enjoyed it on the way into work. Um, Not a very constructive way to start my morning, but I enjoyed it. So (laughs) make uh, make sure you listen to it, because if you love cricket, whatever club, this is a guy talking passionately about a place he calls home. Yeah, absolutely right, he
1: was. Uh, we did uh, we did a team themes thing uh on the first one and we've done a couple more which we've held back but if anybody wants to pick a team with a theme please uh, please please do fire it in we've got a we've got a beer one lined up Lee. i'm sure there's a few other ones a corpulent one perhaps
0: I, well a couple of the first team has very much enjoyed the uh, dog 11 so i'm gonna put a couple of them on the spot and make them come on and tell the rest of the world their 11s. Uh, because I think they thought it was easier than, than it was to do. So I'm going to have a great deal of fun getting George McCormack, Harry Killoran and Tom Wyatt, a.k.a. Uh, not Home Been Away uh, podcast members, in to talk through their team. Excellent.
1: Good thinking. Uh, and uh, we did promise to put you on the spot and we're still going to do that, aren't we? The, uh, the Beat the Badger with Lee Dixon.
0: Yeah, we're going to have a crack at that on Saturday, hopefully. In the bar, uh, we'll pick someone who's had a couple of pints, obviously, just to give me the edge. <laughs> there's definitely a couple of lads in there that I'd love to go toe-to-toe with. Jack Williams would be one, well. uh, even though I can't see Jack taking too kindly if he got a question wrong. I'm sure he'll, he, he'd will he probably go away, Stuart's inquiry. But there's a couple of guys in there. Warren is a sly badger. Doesn't like to be seen not to be too cool, Warren. But Warren absolutely loves cricket. And he knows plenty about the first-class game. But there's going to be a couple of guys in there. I think Robin Fisher would be a good one to take on as
1: well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, meantime, Lee, a few uh, other things to mention going on and round out in place. With Lancashire still in town, of course, the Academy, the Lancashire Academy side will be here next Tuesday playing Yorkshire. And they've been here against Derbyshire this week.
0: Yeah, and another really good opportunity for us to showcase the ground and get some of those first-class players using it. Some fantastic photos from the professional photographer from Lanks on their digital media. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a couple lifted by you, Jim, for the website, but the ground looks in all its splendor, fantastic. And it seems like the players have really enjoyed it. And hopefully that really ties up that relationship with Lancashire and there'd be nothing better than getting a first-class game with spectators. Outfielding playing in the
1: near future. The the Derbyshire game. Well, the first thing to say actually is the photographer is Barry Mitchell from Exmoor Tattenhall, uh, who's a, a great friend of ours, and so we've 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 got some legit pictures, which which is great. Uh, the game itself, Lee, was quite interesting because it, it was a two-day uh, affair, and again they they played this this 60 overs, 30 overs, 30 overs, 60 overs format, which I think works works pretty well.
0: Well, So just explain that to me, Jim, for so, someone who doesn't really follow first-class cricket. I'm actually intrigued to know what this means.
1: Well, its I mean, obviously, the, the object of the exercise is very much just to, to give everybody a run-out. And that, that was that was fairly obvious by the fact that uh, in in the 60-over innings, both sides used um, used nine different bowlers. Uh, plus, of course, they used a squad as well. So it was one of those kind of things. It was a nightmare for the scorer, obviously, because uh, unlike some of the other games we were looking at online, where Yorkshire were 213 for 13... They, they stuck with the batsmen but they um but the, the 11 batsmen but they, they kind of swapped over and you know retired people and uh brought people in for the second day and so on and so forth but the the 6030 format is uh the first team will bat that will have the 60 overs in their first innings on day 1 uh the second team will then bat for 30 overs and then the next day it's reversed so uh the second innings will be 30 and the finally there's a 60 over run chase at the end so it kind of it sort of Gives the game a bit of shape, I suppose. Uh, and it, it, it seems to work well. They did it last week in their inter-squad game and they did it to, again in, in in this game.
0: Yeah, well, obviously playing three-day cricket myself, sometimes, you know, there is a bit of, uh, especially on good wickets, you have to be a, quite inventive to create a game. Um, and from the sounds of it, it obviously gives it, both teams an equal chance, but also it means that both teams are batting on both days so if there isn't any if there isn't weather around it probably just ensures that both sides are getting the chance to to have a bat and have a bowl
1: yeah right and also it means that you can sort of stand down if you think you've got some runs and had a good whack so you know billy godleman the um the derbyshire captain he was 60 odd not out the first day so no, no need for him to bat on the second day uh, and uh, george um uh, balderson um, who we talked about last week Uh, 41 retired. Uh, um, And you could tell uh, in those 60 overs, because I've never seen a game before where, where, I don't know whether they won or lost, it was difficult to tell because... (laughs) <laughs> Lancashire were, were chasing down uh, 145, and uh, they didn't they didn't really go for it they just wanted to use up the overs so the bowlers got a, got a good bowl the Derbyshire bowlers got a good bowl and the Lancashire batsmen could kind of bat for time if you like so we had this ridiculous situation where I think seven were needed off of the, the last over and Graham Onions were batting and uh, it sort of got towards with two balls left and sort of sort of padded them out, really. Um, so we're not sure whether it was drawn or they lost, but hey, it, it, <laughs> it, it really didn't matter. The object of the exercise was successful. Sounds
0: good, though. Sounds good. And, and, and exciting that, you know, we've got the opportunity to see some of those younger Lancashire lads next week.
2: What's on at Chester Bolton Hall.
1: So, as ever, a busy week here at Borton Hall. Friday night is junior night. Uh, obviously, four games of cricket are happening on Saturday, two at uh, Chester Borton Hall. The ladies are in action on Sunday afternoon, uh, and there's juniors across both days as well. And one other thing just to mention is, uh, you may have seen this on the website, but you can actually now get a Chester Borton Hall around the town face mask. Check it out. Um, it costs you just a fiver, and all you have to do is text me if you'd like one. Okie dokie. Right, so Lee, um, there we go. Um, thank you, as per ever. Um, we've got a good weekend, lineup.
0: We have got a good weekend. I wish everyone uh, around the club all the best. Let's have four wins. And uh, what I would say is it was a really, really fantastic feel to the bar on Saturday night. Um, I spoke to uh, Warren this morning on the phone, and one thing he brought out, which I thought was a really nice observation, was there was a real blend of old and new. You know, there's a a table there of Jeremy, yourself, Fleety. You had all the first team sat together, the the second team. You had the Meerkats and the Thunderbirds in the corner. (laughs) Um, And then some of the supporters around the outside. It really was fantastic. And the one thing that Adam and his staff will do is that they'll make it feel like our home again. And that's that's exactly how it felt Saturday.
1: It certainly did. And the ringmaster contributed, Lee. We'll look forward to that again on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'll be back on my mic about nine o'clock. I'll see
1: you then. So there you have it for another edition of the Full Toss podcast. Many thanks to Lee Dixon as per ever. Most of all, thank you for listening. And look, hey, whatever you're doing cricket-wise this weekend, whether you're going to Oxton, perhaps you're going to Weaverham, or whether you're coming to Chester, or perhaps you're playing, watching, or taking part in cricket somewhere else, well, all the very best to you. We'll see you again soon. In the meantime, take care and stay safe.